You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network. Your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend, Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Try the text at 231-714-4195. You can send any questions for the show. You can also send in your score prediction for Packers-Browns. you got to get that in to us before kickoff on Christmas Day. Uh, we have a winner from last week. The closest score prediction was EJ Moulton, 38-17. Packers win it. Uh, that was closer than I got, uh, closer than you got as well, Gil. So our our predictions were 30-17 was mine, 27-20 was yours. So you are still leading in our game. Uh, if we had EJ Moulton here on the show today, he would uh, take the lead away from us because, uh, you know, just smarter than us. That's just how it goes. We got smart listeners. <laughs> yes, we do. But uh, Christmas Christmas game, Packers, it's going to be a fun time. Haven't seen the Packers on Christmas Day in a long time. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be an interesting game. I think uh, my overall impression from scouting the Browns this week is I'm glad we're playing them right now because I think they're a bad matchup for us. And, and right now with as many guys as they're missing, we're kind of getting, you know, the benefit of kind of hitting them while they're down. So I wouldn't want to face them when they are full strength, just because of how they like to play ball and 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 uh, their strengths versus our weaknesses. That's not something I would like to try out. And I'm just, you know, there's the whole argument of trial by fire and, you know, iron sharpens iron. But also, you know, we're trying to get that number one seed in the <laughs> NFC right now. And I just don't really want to drop a game to the Browns on Christmas. That's just all it comes down to. Nobody does. But I will say this. If the Packers are going to drop one of their last three games, this is the one they could afford to drop more than the other two. Yep. AFC opponent uh, counts for a little bit less in uh, tiebreakers with other NFC contenders, such as the Cowboys. Um, yeah, we got uh, Browns, Vikings, Lions are our final three games. We've wrapped up the division. We have a full game lead on everybody else in the conference, which is great. We could lose one of these last three games. And still, uh, still win the NFC. Uh, we could lose two games and get a little bit of help from and still win it, yeah. from some other. Because here's the big thing: is it uh, who, which which team is playing the uh, Cardinals next? Is it the Cowboys or the Buccaneers? I forget. I uh, I have to double check. I'm looking it up right now. I think it's the I think it's the Cowboys. I think it is as well. Uh, it is the Cowboys. So. The reason that really matters is because the Cowboys are the one team 
out of the other con- top contenders in the NFC who has a tiebreaker over that over us, which is because of their uh, NFC record. So them losing to the Cardinals would be huge mm-hmm. because then we would have a tiebreaker over them if we do drop a game here. And on the flip side, if the Cowboys win, well, then, you know, the that knocks the Cardinals down a peg as well. So either way, win win for us. Um, but we got to focus on the Browns. So, Mr. Martin, will you make your opening argument for why the Packers will win this game? Well, I think you, you just start off with the fact that the Packers, I think, have a, a better and deeper roster. I would certainly think that Aaron Rodgers gives Green Bay a big advantage over Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And I think the Packers have more weapons. I think they can beat you on the ground, beat you through the air. I think the Browns really, their offense is a little bit more one-dimensional, more of an emphasis on the ground attack. And I think we're catching the Browns at a time when their defensive secondary is depleted, their pass rush is depleted. They're just coming off a whole uh, week where COVID wreaked havoc with their roster. So I think we're catching him at the right time. We're the better team. We're at home. Those three factors point to a Packers win. I'm going to make a case for the Browns here. I think uh, there's certainly reasons to be optimistic as a Packers fan. No, no question about that. But I look at what the Browns do really well. You know, Miles Garrett is this year uh, far and away the best uh, pass rusher in football. He's the number one edge rusher on PFF. A lot of folks think that he's going to be the defensive player of the year. On the opposite side of the ball, you got Joe Batonio, who is the number one guard in football. That makes life hard as well. Um, The rest of their offensive line is extremely talented. Wyatt Teller is right up there with the best of the best as well. And they've got some really good tight ends, which is something the Packers have struggled with uh, all year and for a few years. They also have three really good running backs, and that could present some issues for the Packers trying to slow them down. Well, only two of them, I think, are available, though. Their offense certainly can make life difficult for the Packers, But the defense is the one that I'm really going to circle. You look at uh, what the Browns defense has done in the last few weeks. They gave up 16 points to the Raiders. They gave up 16 points to the Ravens. And then uh, they had a rematch the the following week uh, where they gave up 22 to the Ravens. We know how good the Ravens offense is. They gave up just 10 points to the Lions. Uh, they two weeks before that gave up just 16 to the Bengals, which is crazy 15 to the Steelers who have been putting up a lot more points than that recently. And before that, they held the Broncos to 14 points. So out of their last, uh, seven games, um, or their last eight games, seven of those scores have been really impressive defensively. And I look at what they can do, uh, up front. That defensive line has some really talented players. Their uh, secondary is really good. They got some good corners, some really good safeties that could cause a lot of problems for the Packers. And then, to be honest, their linebackers are pretty solid, too. This is one of those situations where if you can make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable and keep uh, keep a blanket all over Devontae, 
make Aaron Rodgers try and beat you deep uh, to MVS while he's also got Miles Garrett right in his face and in his lap, that might be your key to slowing down the Packers offense enough that you can also grind all over their defense with uh, this hard nosed running game and big tight ends and big offensive line. So that's, that is my path for the Browns that I think they could realistically pull this off. They would need some stuff to go their way. Yes. No doubt about it. But this is also a Packers team that historically does have a tendency to get distracted at times. And Christmas day is kind of a big distraction it might be one of those times where the Packers decide not to show up. So it is, it is a real game that you have to take seriously. Uh, no question about it. And, you know, JJ, you mentioned MVS. He may not even play. He is on the COVID list as of right now, and he would have to clear the protocols before Saturday's game in order to play. And that does take away another weapon from the Packers. Uh, okay. You make a good point. Uh, you know, for the Browns, they have a lot of guys on on the COVID list. Jadeveon Clowney, uh, cornerback A.J. Green, safety Ronnie Harrison, cornerback Troy Hill. That's a big one. Running back Kareem Hunt. He's, I feel like he's been out for a while. Um, Case Keenum, their backup quarterback, although at this point it's looking like uh, Baker will play. Uh, Baker is on the COVID list, but it sure looks like he's going to play. Jarvis Landry is out right now with COVID. We're, we think he's going to play quarterback Greg Newsom. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a really big one. Um, Malik McDowell, uh, defensive tackle. Defensive end, Efede Odenibo, guy that we know quite well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's center J.C. Treader. That might be one of the biggest factors total because, you know, Kenny Clark is coming back for the Packers, and – uh, Kenny has had kind of a rough stretch of games. Uh, I think the last two weeks that he played were pretty decent for him, but he has been struggling the back half of the season, but we also got to see what the defense looks like when he's out and it's yeah. not a pretty thing. By the way, Jedrick Wills, who I think is their left tackle, he's out and linebacker Mac Wilson. This is a... <laughs> really long list of guys out on COVID. Uh, they made some, uh, a couple of moves here. So they did get Austin Hooper back. Right. Um, they also, you know, here is something that, uh, this isn't super related to like the game, but it is interesting. The Browns swapped punters mid season. Mm hmm. And I would just like to suggest that if the Browns can move on from Jamie Gillen and bring in Dustin Colquitt and upgrade their punting situation, why can't we get some good special teamers? Why can't we swap out our long snapper? I know we already did it once. We did. But you know what? We went backwards. So rather than just saying, hey, I'm afraid that it's going to get even worse. Why don't you just try and fix the problem a second time? How about that? Like. To me, the answer with having a bad long snapper and then downgrading to an even worse long snapper, the solution is not to just sit there and go, well, I guess this is our life now. No, there's other long snappers out there. My gosh. Corey Bajorquez's production is in the toilet right now because all of his snaps are down by his foot. And at this point, if he's doing something wrong, I'm not sure we would even know 
because he doesn't have a chance to actually screw things up himself with all these low snaps he's getting. It's awful. The the problem is the time to do that would have been at the bye week where you could bring a guy in and work with him and take that extra time to integrate him into because it's all timing. And yeah, to start learning the timing of a new player with three games, now you can't do it for this week, so two games left in the regular season and then the playoffs – that may be again taking you know one step up and two steps back to quote Bruce Springsteen. So, uh, yeah, but but again, look the the Browns just waived punter J.B. Gillian like this week. Right, they just made the the switch official, and I know that their hand was forced a little bit because I think he had COVID, and so they had to bring in another emergency punter for a little bit, and that turns out he was better than the guy they had. I'm just saying the Browns made the switch. Hmm. You can't tell me, well, no, we just can't make the switch because we don't have another bye week. By the way, we're hoping we're going to get another bye week. We just hold on to this number one seed. So, hello. Anyways, (laughs) I'm not not yelling at you, Gil. I'm yelling at Matt LaFleur, and you know that. I took no offense whatsoever. (laughs) So, it's all good. However, you, you look through this whole list of guys on the Browns COVID list, and then you switch over to the Packers, and you see just MVS sitting there by himself. You know... Life is good. Life is good for the Packers. Well, it's a little better for us than it is for the Browns right now. So, yeah, I'll say that much. But, uh, look, COVID is one of those unpredictable things. And knock wood, hopefully it does not affect the Packers anymore uh, as we head down the stretch. Because uh, come playoff time, you don't want to go into a game against a top-quality opponent and have seven or eight guys out of the lineup. That would be bad, to say the least. So here's the thing with the Browns with their defense. They have some really talented guys. So they got uh, Greg Ward, who is one of the best corners in football. They also have Greedy Williams, kind of a younger guy who's playing phenomenal football. And I think they're hoping to get Greg Newsome back for this game. And you kind of need that. And I want to I want to address here a a, a theory I have about how the Packers are going to attack the Browns defense. I think this is one of the most optimal situations possible where you would primarily use Devante in the slot Mm -hmm. because Greg Ward doesn't play in the slot. He is like pretty much strictly a boundary corner and he's by far like the best guy you can put there. And you look at, uh, uh, Greedy Williams is probably the guy that they would like to put in the slot to cover uh, Devante because the default slot guy is MJ Stewart. Is that correct? Yeah, MJ yes. Stewart. Let me let me check the roster again just to make sure because I'm I'm about to start trashing the guy, <laughs> so I want to make absolute sure I'm trashing the correct player. Okay. MJ Stewart. So he's actually a safety, but they play him as like the slot DB. Right. And I will tell you, the Raiders picked on him mercilessly. They knew where he was every snap of the game. They targeted him all night long. And the Browns really didn't have a solution other than cheating greedy Williams inside occasionally to try and help cover up that slot. If you're trying to double Devante like the way that the Ravens tried to do. Mm-hmm. If he's in the slot here, 
you really don't have any option but to make some of those um, boundary corners like Greg Ward, who are not that comfortable inside, make them go play inside because you have to cover and you have to double Devontae. Yeah. And MJ Stewart is not going to get the job done. I think putting Devontae in the slot makes so much sense. It would be kind of stupid not to do it. And I think that's where we're going to see him. I think we're going to see a mix. I think we'll see him in the slot maybe 30 to 40% of the time. And we're going to do everything we can to keep that Cleveland defense guessing and off balance. But I like your strategy. I like the way you think. And it's definitely going to be a good part of this game plan on Saturday. Now, the, 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 the Browns DBs as a whole are really good, but they're really thin right now, as we just mentioned, with with injury and with COVID and um, missing A.J. Green, missing Troy Hill. Man, that's going to be a big one. Missing Troy Hill. Yeah. Um, the other guy, where is he? Come on. He's on here somewhere. So, you know, all right. I don't even see him on here, but John Johnson, the third. Yeah, I think they got Troy Hill and John Johnson, the third, both from the Rams in the offseason. That's a guy that you're going to really I think that is going to be the second guy assigned to Devontae mm-hmm. uh, to double team him. And, and now what? Yes, yes. And and the the benefit is if he's if he is doubling Devontae, uh, that kind of takes him out of the run defense a bit. Yeah. And that kind of leaves you with, uh, you know, for however much Miles Garrett is going to be able to play. And we don't think that's very much because he is hurt. We think he's going to play, but not very much. Right. And certainly not wishing an injury on him, but you have to acknowledge it's likely that with him coming in and playing banged up, very likely that he has to exit the game at some point because of soreness, because he uh, aggravates his injury. He's already dealing with um, he's I, you're going to get um, like 70% of who miles Garrett typically is. If you're on lucky. a snap to snap basis, if you're lucky. And I don't think that he's going to play uh, half of the snaps in this game. You're going to be looking at uh, for the, for the edge rushers, Porter Gustin, and a practice squad guy named was it Joe Jackson? Uh, I forgot his name already. Something Jackson. Yeah, Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of be those are going to be your uh, your primary edge rushers. The only other guy that the Browns even have under contract is Curtis Weaver, who hasn't played in the game this year. Yeah, they're thin. They're thin right now. And and believe me, Matt Lafleur will game plan to take advantage of that. I think I think uh, something you might consider really trying to do is kind of go hard at those guys early on and tire them out because there is no depth. There's no help coming. It's those guys and nobody else. So wear them out early. Yeah. And then late in the game, you could really bully them in the run game. I think that's a real strategy, you know, with Jadeveon Clowney being out and uh, Tack McKinley is on uh, IR season ending IR, I believe. Um, they, they are really thin along that defensive line. And then the interior of that defensive line is bad. Malik Jackson is, uh, one of the starters on the inside there. And Jordan Elliott is the other guy who sees a lot of playing time. Those two guys are 
really bad. Um, out of 127 interior defenders graded by Pro Football Focus, they rank 108 and 114 out of wow. 127. That's and those those are the only two guys you got in there. So you it's, could do worse. <laughs> I think any direction you try and run is a good option. Maybe run away from Garrett whenever he is on the field. But taking um, safety John Johnson the third out of the mix uh, with Devante, that would help the run game a lot as well. It really at that point kind of becomes a one-man show, and mm-hmm. that one man is rookie linebacker JOK Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, a guy that uh, you said that very really well. Ex- by the way. Really well, we had a lot of practice saying his name during the draft. I, th- I think you and I both liked him in the draft. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I, th- I think you liked him better than I did. And with the way he's played this year, I would say that was a good call by you. He is a top 10 linebacker in the NFL in his rookie season. So uh, good call. Thank you. Thank you. But overall, the, the defense is talented and they're very thin. And if you can wear them out, there's not help coming behind them. Right. At basically any position. Yeah. And that's got to be part of the strategy here. And I, I just, you know, you, you add to the fact that there's in it receiver on the other side of the ball and that Baker Mayfield probably won't be at a hundred percent. If he plays, like you said, at the opening, we're catching them at the right time. We really are, but they do. They, they are still really good at what they do. And you know, uh, Kevin Stefanski knows the Packers well from his time in Minnesota. Yes. Um, this is a very, very similar offense to what we run here in Green Bay. Uh, the main differences that you see are really dictated by personnel. First of all, they just don't really have any great wide receivers. I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I've loved him for forever since he was at Michigan, even though I hate Michigan. <laughs> uh, Rashard Higgins, uh, very, very good good uh, wide receiver at times when he is on the same page with Baker. 2020 was a really good year for Hollywood Higgins. This year, he's just kind of been struggling, and um, – Jarvis Landry's out. OBJ is out of town. Right. Uh, Demetric Felton, who I believe was a uh, running back earlier this year, is playing wide receiver for them right now. According to PFF. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, they're missing Cream Hunt, and I don't think that's going to hurt them at all because they got Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson, who are both fantastic running backs. Mm-hmm. So you look at what this uh, I, I was saying that, that, you know, how the def- the offense is dictated by personnel here. They got this uh, stable of fantastic running backs and they got some really good tight ends and no receivers. Yeah. So they do a lot of running the ball and a lot of throwing to tight ends. And our DBs are going to have to really be putting in some work here on these tight ends, which is something they've struggled with. Big time. And, you know, earlier in the season, they had Devondre Campbell covering tight ends a little more often, and he did a pretty good job. And even if they caught the ball, there was very little yardage after the catch. But Darnell Savage had a bad game. And last year, a week against Andrews, that what is he giving away? About six inches in height and 30, 40 pounds in weight to cover 
a tight end. It wasn't a very favorable matchup. In the second half, they moved Kevin King over. He did a little better. At least the the length of the gains was reduced, but he still had four catches in the second half, and and the Packers did not have an answer. So they've got to find a way to slow down the tight ends, especially since the receivers, as you mentioned, are not as big a concern on this Cleveland Browns team. Look, I'm a Michigan guy. I've been following uh, Peoples-Jones for you know many years throughout his college career. He's talented, he's dynamic, but he is also very inconsistent. And he'll make mm-hmm. one really big play and then he'll drop an easy one or two easy ones. Uh, yeah. He is not a wide receiver one in this league. He's probably on a good team, not even a wide receiver two. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't even been the wide receiver three for the Browns until like right now when they don't have anybody because Jarvis Landry's out. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and he may develop into something more yeah. later on in his career. But at this point in time, he is not ready for prime time as wide receiver one. No, that's fair. That's fair. <sighs> well, the... Uh... The tight ends are an issue uh, th- that we do have to talk about. Uh, I mean, what 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 is the answer here for covering these tight ends? Because I'm not, I'm not even sure who the best guy to put on a tight end is because our DBs are not big. Like Kevin King is the only big DB we have. Right. Physically. That's why, I, to me, I think – in a game like this, you go Devondre Campbell part of the time. You go Kevin King as your dime back part of the time in obvious passing situations. And maybe you even double cover some of their tight ends because, again, the receivers are not players who scare you at this point. So their top three tight ends, David Joku, obviously, and Austin Hooper, and then Harrison Bryant, who is uh, he's a younger guy, isn't he? I think he got drafted in the same draft as uh, DeGuara, didn't he? I think that's uh, yeah, right. 2020. Yeah. Yep. So he was a fourth-round pick. This was a guy I was kind of interested in, in the, in the draft. He was, he was actually uh, one of my higher um, tight ends, because I, I, I didn't like Cole Commit that much, and I I mean, Duguara was not even on my radar. Right. He's been playing some pretty good football. By far, the best guy this year has been Njoku. Yes. And uh, one of the areas where he kind of excels in a lot that the other ones struggle a bit is pass blocking. He's one of the best pass blockers on the team. He's also a good run blocker. He has played 500 snaps. Austin Hooper's played 600 snaps. Harrison Bryant has played 300 and I would kind of expect that that's about the distribution that you would be seeing this, this game. Um, it's going to be Austin Hooper all the time and David Joku a lot of the time. And then uh, Hooper Hooper is kind of the guy that I'm probably the most um, afraid of gashing us in the receiving game. I think in Joku's maybe a more talented receiver, but uh, Hooper to me has been a little bit more dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's more dangerous. Yeah. If you're worried about splash plays. Yeah. I think I agree with you. That's the, the guy you have to sort of keep an eye on, even though, uh, you know, any one of those three are capable of keeping the sticks moving and getting open and doing some damage. But if you're worried about splash plays, I agree with you. One of the, uh, things with, those splash plays, you know, the Browns have not 
they haven't been getting those those big chunk plays recently at all. Nope. Um, it's it's kind of been a similar thing to like, you know, I think uh, Aaron Jones's longest run of the year, and, and which is longer than any of AJ Dillon's, is something like thirteen yards. Like it's it's shockingly low. Right. No, he's. I think he had at least one thirty plus yard run, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think I think that was a, a receiving play, though. I think it was a, a screen, so it counted as a pass. Okay, all right. But the I I, I can just pull it up actually. But yeah, the, I was uh, about to do the same thing. So. <laughs> but the the point I'm making is that the run game has been working for the Packers, no question about it. But it's all you know, nickel and diamond to death. All all day long. Uh, yeah. Rushing. So Aaron Jones's longest. That can't be right. Why? When did he have a? Well, this says fifty-seven yards. What was this? This is long. Let's see, rushing. I don't know if this is correct. It says he had a, a fifty-seven-yard run at some point in twenty twenty-one. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I don't remember that. <laughs> anyways the but the point is you you have seen with your own eyes that uh they're they're not breaking for these long runs um at all this year for the packers and th- and that's kind of been um a similar thing for the browns recently and to kind of to begin the season they were getting these those really long gashing runs and that's the kind of thing that packers really need to make sure that they don't give up right i I think, uh, you know, you look at the way the Browns have been moving down the field recently. It has been kind of that dink and dunk, long grinding it out, these really long drives. You're going to see, I think, the the actual game is probably going to be a relatively quick one because of all the running. The mm-hmm. clock runs down faster. Uh, but those games are, you know, there's more opportunities for turnovers and the Packers can score a lot quicker. Uh when whenever they can force uh force the browns to punt i think you're you're looking at uh the packers scoring a lot a lot more quickly than the browns yes and that that might be your your opportunity to let this thing kind of get out of hand in a good way for the packers and start to run away with it is if you can start putting up some points quickly and you can't let the browns give up those big massive plays cuz you're giving up when you're best opportunities against this offense, which is to let them tire themselves out and make mistakes. Well, here's the other thing that I think is going to be very important in this game. And that is a problem that the Packers have had all season. And that is slow starts because Cleveland, the way their offense is built, they are not built to come from behind. If -hmm. they fall behind 14 to nothing, They got to throw the ball a lot more and all of a sudden, you know, they've got to change gear and get out of their comfort zone. But the Packers have been such a slow starting team offensively. I think, you know, last year, I think our scripted plays, the first 20 plays, we were unbelievably elite and good at scoring on those opening drives. And this year, it seems like we're losing every game, at least seven, nothing at some point. (laughs) <laughs> and we can't afford to do that against Cleveland. You you fall behind against Cleveland, that falls right into their sweet spot as to what they want to do offensively. So the Packers really need to make sure that, that they don't get off to that dreaded slow start again. 
Yeah, uh, I saw a stat. Uh, hoping I can pull it up here. Uh, of course, it's not popping up quickly. But <laughs> I I saw. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, oh, this is from uh, Dara Carragher on Twitter, a uh, friend of the show. Love him to death. The Packers have scored seventeen total points over their last eleven first quarters. And uh, I don't think anybody's really surprised hearing that because that's what it's felt like. You get uh, the first quarter is anemic, and then the second quarter explodes. And I think uh, during the the Ravens game, uh, that's how it was going: is that we were held uh, scoreless after one, or maybe we had three points after one. And I think I tweeted like as the second quarter was starting, I said, "Well, history." would tell us that the Packers are about to go nuts in this second quarter. Right. And they did. And, and they, they did. did. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So it, 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 I don't want to see the Packers getting off to that dreaded slow start on Saturday. It, yeah, but they, but they will, you know, they probably will. And so, <laughs> I know, I know. and so when you see that, don't groan and roll your eyes. Just, just say to yourself, "Well, second quarter's coming. We'll put up twenty-one points." The there you quarter. go, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they typically do. If they don't do it, it'll be a little bit weird. Yeah. All right. So we we've gone over uh, kind of what we think the game plan is going to be for the Packers on offense and on defense. Um, are there any other keys to this game that you think are really important? Do not abandon the running game. And and to me, you know, when the Packers struggle offensively, it's when LaFleur and Rodgers get a little too pass happy. And, it, it, you know, the weather is going to be cold. It may There may even be some snow coming down the pike. It's a, a situation where, you know, Cleveland is not going to be able to keep up with the Packers, but do not let those inexperienced Browns pass rushers, or even if Miles Garrett plays, uh, don't give them a chance to tee off on Aaron Rodgers because, yeah. you know, look, they have a, a lot of edge rushers missing and pass rushers missing, but our offensive line, we only have one opening day starter still in the lineup at his original position right now. So you got to run the ball enough to keep them honest to prevent the pass rush from teeing off and then controlling the clock, hopefully after the Packers get a lead and just, you know, pounding the ball down their throat and, and, and making it so that they can't do that, you know, can't get the ball back and can't get on the field again. So uh, don't get away from that running game too much. Yeah. And Cleveland is a cold weather team. They are. It's been, it's been low forties all week. So certainly warmer than it is in green Bay, but the Cleveland players, are going to show up a lot more prepared for the cold than your average opponent uh, in late December in Green Bay. They can handle it. Again, I, I, I think you're right that you really do want to try and grind down that defensive line because they're so thin and they don't have any backups. There's no depth. Right. So if you can and if you can punish them in the run game and really wear them out, uh, that also takes some pressure off of the passing game. And, you know, uh, I don't have a problem. My voice just cracked. <laughs> I don't have a problem with them getting really pass happy when it's working. And what I don't like, though, is that is when that wasn't even a sentence. I can tell this past my bedtime. What I don't like is when it's not working. And so they double down on the passing game to and try and keep fix going. it. Yep. I agree. That drives just, me nuts. 
Yeah. So if if the passing game is hiccuping a bit, don't lean into the passing game to uh, try and convey to Rogers that you believe in him. Don't don't do that. Just let his ego be fine on its own. Run the ball a little bit. So you force the defense to play differently and then start leaning into that play action game. Listen, it's not an insult to Rogers. It is forcing the defense to change what they're doing because what they're doing is working and you need to get them off of that. That's, exactly. that's, that's the biggest thing you do with the run game. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly what you need to do. And the times that the Packers struggle is when Matt LaFleur gets away from it a little too quickly. All righty. Uh, score prediction for this game. Uh, Packers 28 Browns 20. All right. I have been, uh, kind of sick of this whole, like us being way too close in our score predictions to where like it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, uh, what the final score is because either, either way, we're both just a couple points off from each other. Right. So I, I just noticed that my pregame score prediction was a little too similar to yours. So I'm going to change it just so that, you know what, if you win, you actually make up some ground. And if I win, I actually make up some ground. I'm going to I'm going to uh, revert to a previous score prediction I had told you earlier before I talked myself into the cop out one. All right. I'm going okay. bigger. <laughs> OK, 35, 24 Packers win it. I, I think that's go. what we're looking at. All right. All right. But uh, we do want our listeners uh, to give their score predictions. Congratulations to EJ Moulton for being the smartest guy this week. Uh, I have to see if somebody else can uh, beat him uh, for the Packers Browns score prediction. Uh, again, send that to us on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. You can also send it in via text 231-714-4195 or email asknohuddle at gmail.com. You can send in your score prediction there or you can send in questions for the show. We love hearing from our listeners, want to hear from more of them. And I think that about wraps it up. Uh, you know, special teams is going to special team and they might give up a <laughs> touchdown and they might not. And uh, either way, a uh, very Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Yes. Uh, from both of us here at No Huddle and, and the whole Packers Talk family. We love y'all. Uh, that does it for today. And we'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not